0: Uh, hello.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: I just realized that my little sniffle probably came through during the theme song.
2: It's <laughs> <gasps> so embarrassing. How dare you? Start it over.
0: I won't start it over. Okay. Boom. That's the power the producer has.
1: <laughs> hmm. I'm sure we could do something that would make you start it over.
0: Do you guys know how to start it over?
1: I could figure it out.
0: Maybe. I've seen you do it enough times. (laughs) (laughs) Just
1: push stop and then push play again.
0: Curse GarageBand with their (laughs) well-labeled buttons and easy-to-use interface. (laughs) Uh, How's it going?
2: Pretty good. Yeah.
0: That's great. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it there may be others where other people watch a movie and then talk about it but this is the only one where we do it my name is andrew westensko i am the host of this year podcast joined at my right hand in life and in all things by becca hello how are you today
1: pretty good it feels weird to be doing this in the middle of the week but oh, you can't give away our secrets i just gave it away spoiler it's the middle of the week
2: it is wednesday it's a
0: wednesday it's wednesday my dudes what does that meme even mean
2: it's just based off a vine it doesn't mean anything but it means everything to me
0: that's not true (laughs) (laughs) i've joined at my left hand by sid yeah hi hi sid's uh life and identity is defined by a vine
2: you know me i'm so quirky (laughs) i'm not i'm not like other girls
0: you're quirky yeah dude i gotta tell you uh, vine is one of the things that i am most sad to have seen go away in the internet era Mm -hmm. yes vine was i mean it did give us like jake and logan paul whatever everything has its unintended negative side effects right but Vine was one of the most pure and truly incredible things that the internet has ever created. It was a bastion for creativity. And I'm sorry, putting people on a six second timer like that, uh, it's such a stupid idea it's such a dumb idea.
1: But it worked so well. But for when a you start of time. watching
0: 20, 30 minute Vine compilations on YouTube, <laughs> you realize just the amazing world that we used to live in before Twitter bought Vine and then killed it. And now we have Logan Paul mocking corpses in a forest in Japan. You can't do that in six seconds. Nope. But vines have given us some of the best memes ever, and I I recognize that TikTok is sort of picking up the torch it's that Vine left behind. A
2: nice substitute. It will never be Vine
0: because Vine but it was, fills the void. Yeah, it was made by the six second time limit. TikTok yeah. TikTok can be as long as you want, right?
2: A minute is the longest. A minute is
0: the longest. Yeah. Okay, that's ten vines. <laughs> We're great at math here. We watch movies and then talk about them.
2: Yes, this is We watch Vines and do math about it. Oh, my gosh, dude. I would host that podcast (laughs) in an instant. Change our name.
0: Admittedly, the subject matter, pretty limited. (laughs) But But I'll tell you, here's the thing, folks. If you're ever having a down day, if you're ever feeling, uh, you know, just the uh, crushing realism of kind of the frivolity of it all, And the fact that maybe nothing that we do actually matters (laughs) and the fact that we are all ruled by our corporate overlords whose puppet strings are pulled by the ultra wealthy and there's really nothing you can do about it because the American government has ruled that money is speech, might is right... and corporations or citizens if you ever feel (laughs) the crushing weight of all of those realizations and it just makes you sad go on youtube watch some vine compilations and you'll forget about all of that
1: or just go listen to uh kansas by the national and feel (laughs) even more sad not in kansas
2: not in kansas Yeah. yeah well after that, I can say my existential dread meter is pretty darn high. Did
0: I just up it?
2: <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> I mean five seconds. I mean, it was pretty high to begin with for the day, but whoa, we're getting up there.
0: Maybe you should go watch some Vine compilations okay. after we're done with this. I'll
2: just be in the corner watching them. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: You don't just like hear me like every... You guys will be talking and then you just hear, road work ahead. <laughs> just like hear me in the background <laughs> quoting all of them. Love it
0: my name's jared i never learned how to read <laughs> uh, there's just so many freaking amazing vines oh my gosh i miss vines so much
2: rest in peace moment uh, of silence please six seconds of silence
0: that was literally all the time you had to make a vine
2: <laughs> that felt really
1: long
0: some of them do feel longer than six seconds but you yeah. can test it they're all six seconds Do you know who I miss the most? Okay. The Vine compilation that everybody needs to go watch today on YouTube is the guy who did the Lil Wayne puns. Have you guys seen that?
2: I don't don't know know who you're talking about. It was
0: this guy. He would dress up as Lil Wayne and...
2: Are you thinking of Jerry Perp drink?
0: Is that who does it? Is he
2: the one who always did like... He was like the black guy who always did like Jordan jokes and on my feet.
0: I don't know what else he does. Honestly, I only know him as the Lil Wayne guy. I don't know what his username is. If you just YouTube Lil Wayne vines, he does these things and he does this Lil Wayne voice and Lil Wayne laugh that like he gets up there and he's like, "Had a baby on the stairs, got a stepchild." Ah, and does like stupid, stupid puns like that. But like, they sound like Lil Wayne lyrics.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it's incredible. It's the That's best. Fair yeah that's the one
2: yeah i hate that guy is that
0: cherry perfect yeah okay he those one those little wayne ones are amazing
2: those were pretty good but every, everything everything i haven't seen done. anything else that he's done yeah, don't want to
0: all right this is a now vine podcast <laughs> <laughs>
2: could you imagine
0: Jeez, folks we
2: just review we vines. take one vine a week we break it down we talk about it for an hour
0: <laughs> well here's the deal folks um i'm gonna go ahead and say this uh the vine platform did become saturated with content the ease of use and the ability to quickly put out pretty much anything that you wanted as well as the complete and total lack of censorship uh created an environment uh akin to like soundcloud where anybody can just put up their music and you got to sift through a lot of crap to get to the good stuff right but i'm going to go ahead and make this statement I'm going to say 80, no, 85% of all vines are more worthwhile and entertaining than the movie we're going to be talking about today.
1: Great segue. (laughs) That was beautiful.
0: (laughs) So if you're trying to find a way to spend literally two hours and 50 minutes... (laughs)
1: Just think about how many vines you could watch. Think how many vine compilations times.
0: you could watch in two hours and 50 minutes. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, you're going to understand exactly as much about the overarching story of Pennywise and the town of Derry as you did going into those vine compilations. <laughs> um, and you're going to understand just as much as if you had just watched It Chapter 2.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: this is going to be our discussion on it chapter two it's a film <laughs> directed by uh andy muschietti i'm not sure how to say that i'm not italian
2: he's Ar- argentine
0: yikes that's Uy. embarrassing maybe he's german then
3: Ooh.
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um in any case we're talking about it chapter two today uh we're gonna spoil the crap out of this movie for sure um as much as you can spoil i suppose
1: do we want to do like a five minute spoiler free? I mean, we, we can, but it?
0: literally if you think about, like if you've seen chapter one, which I think everybody in the world did, I think that's the last statistic that I heard is that literally all <laughs> seven and a half billion people on the planet <laughs> saw it chapter one. Um, and then you like thought about, hey, maybe it chapter two is going to end with them as adults and killing the clown. You're like, wow, that's crazy. You're like, yep i'm right and then you don't have to watch the movie yeah um in any case let's get into this this is gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it um okay we can do some spoiler free though um because here's the thing if you couldn't guess that they kill the clown at the end go home i don't care (laughs) if you're home right now then go to your bedroom if you're in your bedroom right now go to your kitchen but wherever you are if you couldn't guess that go home um All right, folks. Andy Muschietti uh, directed uh, It Chapter 2. It stars James McAvoy, Jessica Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Chastain. (laughs) A lot of words in there. Uh, Bill Hader, Um, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, James Ransone, and Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise the Clown.
2: Pennywise the Clown. Dancing. Pennywise the dancing
0: clown. Thank you very much. Will you say Jessica Chastain's name for me?
2: Jessica Chastain.
0: I feel like that was so much easier for you than it was
2: for me. Took you a while.
0: (laughs) I know. I sounded like Bill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jessica. Jeez. What?
0: I'm getting spicy today. I'm
2: not making fun of anyone. It seemed like it. Um, I swear I'm Andrew. Just Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) We can can make fun of each other. It's fine. Great.
0: Here's how this is going to work. All right. We are going to go in. We are going to give our hot takes. Uh, These will be spoiler free. Let's put it that way. We got some spoiler free hot takes for you. Then we'll go into some in-depth discussion of this movie. Uh, Followed by that, Sid will give us the best of the best of IMDb movie trivia. She read it all so you don't have to. Uh, after that we will rate this movie on a scale of one to ten placing it on the western scale which is the only definitive way to rank movies on a scale of one to ten following that we will get into other topics which I have a couple of things that I want to talk about mostly things that I am excited for and that's going to be the podcast any questions?
1: Um, no no
3: no
0: you guys are here every week you know how it works yeah all right let's do it let's get some hot takes.
1: Don't burn yourself on these hot takes.
0: Becca, how hot is your hot take?
1: Um, it's pretty hot in a very bad way.
0: Ooh. It's
1: like a really gross spice. I don't know. <laughs> Nutmeg. Nutmeg's fine.
0: I don't actually know what nutmeg tastes like.
1: It's really good in small amounts. When we're watching
0: Chef yesterday and he made the cheese souffle and Gordon was like, is that nutmeg in there? I'm like, bro, you... No. You saw him put nutmeg in there. You didn't taste this and be like, ooh, I think there's nutmeg in here. No. You saw him put it in.
1: Actually, nutmeg has a pretty distinct flavor.
0: I don't know what it tastes like.
1: It tastes like nutmeg. Oh, I don't geez. know how to describe it, but when you taste it, you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Anyway... I was so disappointed at this movie. Like, I mean, I, I know we're probably all going to say that, but I was very disappointed.
0: Nope, oh, it's Sid's movie of the year. She loved it.
1: <laughs> probably. It's not my turn yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, I got so bored watching it. It wasn't very scary. And I felt like they were trying to like... um I don't know, trying to do a lot of different things, but didn't do any of it very effectively. And I think it can probably be hard when you're trying to adapt something from a book. And I haven't read it, but I know it's really long. um, And there's a lot in there. And I feel like they tried to put all of it in there, but not effectively at all. And yeah, we can get into it more, but I was definitely disappointed with it. It did not need to be as long as it was. It could have been an hour and a half or just not existed and be better (laughs) all
0: right Sid. what do you got is this your movie of the year
2: this is not my movie of the year but i don't hate it as much as becca did i i will say i did enjoy this movie i didn't love it it was a letdown from the first one um just because i love the first one so much um there are parts in it that I really liked and there are parts in it that I really didn't like. Um, I think as a whole, it's like an okay end for the series. Um, I don't know. I don't have too much else to say without going into spoilers, but yeah, I think I enjoyed this most out of the three of us. Um, and I would, I would see it again.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's... That already means you enjoy it more than I did. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm... Honestly, I think I'm probably the most negative out of the three of us. I think I disliked it even more than Becca did.
1: I think you probably did.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. Without spoilers. And without... Okay. Here we go. This movie was super boring. It was not scary. Uh, It was not interesting. And it was just not very good. I didn't... After watching it, I didn't understand why I watched it. Other than for the fact that like I started it, so I had to finish it. But, like, I'm not the kind of person to walk out of movies. The only time I've ever considered it was during The Snowman. Which is maybe... We should have. Like, which is maybe the single worst movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's not even an exaggeration. Like, there that movie is a zero out of ten. There are absolutely zero redeeming qualities about the movie The Snowman. Except for that Michael Fassbender is cool. I don't know. That's literally it.
1: So, gets like a one out of ten. Movie.
0: Maybe. Like a point five. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. But if I was one to walk out of movies just out of sheer boredom, this would have been it. Like... I just I, I just I just didn't like it. I didn't think that it was interesting. I didn't think that it did either the book or the first half of the movie Justice. And I think that its redeeming qualities are ultimately so inconsequential to what makes it a bad movie like they don't make up for anything because they are not elements that in and of themselves can just carry the film i'll put it that way
1: yeah i think well just to say a couple good things that we talked about right after we watched it yeah. were the um casting and the acting okay the casting
0: in this movie phenomenal the casting oh, yeah. in this movie is like a 10 out of 10 yeah for real yeah. Like, it's completely insane that they were able to, like, honestly, with the exception of James McAvoy, I feel like he was in there just because he's James McAvoy. Yeah. Every single other person literally looked just like a grown up version of the kid actor, which is phenomenal to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. And their performances were very good Mm -hmm. with the horrendous material they were given, in my humble opinion. They were believable. I just didn't care about them.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: is how I'll put it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think the reason for me at least that it was such a letdown is because the first one is so good. Like,
0: is it?
2: I think so. I wouldn't
0: say that it's so. I love.
2: Good. It. I really I w- loved it. But like with the first one, there are like that's kind of one where it becomes a little bit more divided on like how i think of it critically and how i think of it just as entertainment sure um i really love that one Mm -hmm. but like is it the best movie ever made no i guess i really enjoy it yes
0: i guess for me like so good i think the first one is probably a high seven low eight
2: that's fair i would say
1: like Maybe
0: 8.5. I think it's a good movie. And I enjoy watching it. Again, I think the performances in that one are stellar. I think the script in that one really works. I think the scares in that one really work with the exception of Stan's crooked face painting lady. I think that's the only scare in the first movie that just doesn't land.
1: I think she's pretty scary.
2: I think it's scary. Yeah.
0: Um, Bill Skarsgård is magical as Pennywise. And that continues over to this one as well. Mm -hmm. He turns in a fantastic performance as well. Um, But I guess without getting into spoilers, I can't say more about the second one and how it relates to those qualities of the first one. So.
1: I think it's just that like the vibe is so different from the first one to the second one, um, which is kind of... Like what you said, like the second one is not as scary um, and it doesn't feel like a cohesive story. It feels like all these random things that don't really go together, but they all happen and you don't know why it happens necessarily, but just happens and it's confusing and weird.
0: Yeah. All right. Before we spoil anything for those of you who want to go away. Um, go watch it, I guess, and then come back and check out our spoilery, not spoiler-free, spoilery discussion.
1: Or just don't watch it. Spend less time listening to this podcast and go on with your life.
0: (laughs) Or don't go see it. Still listen to the podcast to hear... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You said spend less time listening to the podcast. Oh,
1: spend less time... Than you would watching the movie to listen to our podcast. Oh, I see. Yeah, because this podcast
0: is not going to be two hours and 50 minutes long. Correct. All right. We're entering the spoiler zone. Sid, can you please give us our spoiler zone sound effects?
1: Do we have those?
0: (laughs) You are now entering the spoiler zone.
2: Oh, no. I'm sad. Thinking about Tower of Terror.
0: Oh, I should have like a, like a Twilight Zone (laughs) intro for the spoiler zone.
2: Well, now I'm sad. Why? Because I miss Tower of Terror so much.
0: Oh, because they made it like Monsters, Inc. or something, right? They made it
2: Guardians of the Galaxy. That's
0: the one. Really, what's the, what's the difference really between Guardians of the Galaxy and Monsters, Inc.?
2: I mean, there are a few, but I don't really want to get into that (laughs) right now
0: so i think the guardians of the galaxy is basically just a remake of monsters inc uh <laughs> um,
1: we're not gonna talk about yeah. this that's we'll, fine just we'll move a separate. Episode. <laughs> that's
0: fine all right so we're in the spoiler zone now it chapter two andy Muschietti, 2019 two hours and 50 minutes long that's a lot to ask of an audience yeah the first one was two hours and 45 minutes long
2: yeah didn't feel that long, though.
0: It did not feel that long.
2: Yeah, I kind of feel like with this one, yeah, like the story doesn't feel super cohesive because a lot of it is like everyone going off to get their token, Um, which I kind of, I liked, but like I would have much rather had like all of them together more of the time. Oh,
0: I lied. It's two hours and 15 minutes long. My apologies to cut you off. Um,
2: But like it definitely feels like it's like, in between scenes it's very slow and very stale where it's just like nothing's happening they're just kind of walking around dairy so i thought it i thought the idea of them going off on their own was entertaining but it was just too much of the movie i agree i i
1: liked watching them go off and like have their own experiences like i do think that's an important part of the story but i don't think they needed to have or even they didn't even need to explain the whole like ritual thing as -hmm. much as they did like that just felt i'm sure it's in the book but it felt so
2: like out of left field and pointless and yeah it kind of feels uh, like they were trying to do a service to the fans of the book and kind of mix in the um like the theology and how pennywise came to be but they didn't want to go too weird to put off people who haven't read it so they were just trying to do like trying to walk the middle line and it just didn't work super well on either side yeah
0: yeah. let's get into this a little bit because i think that that what you just said is at the core of most of the problems with this movie right Now, you run into some really distinct difficulties when you're talking about adapting It. It is a 1,000-page novel. Yeah. That's a lot. Even doing that in two movies, you're still talking a 500-page novel in each movie, essentially, right? And when they do it the way they did, the book cuts back and forth between old and young as it goes. And these are... Well... I was going to say clearly, but not so clearly divided between young in the first one and old in the second one, Mm -hmm. except for this movie turns out to be much more of a hopping back and forth, more akin to the novel than the first one was, which focused entirely on when they were young. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like that confusion is at the core of most of the biggest problems this movie has, which lie... Um, mostly in the screenplay. I think the screenplay for this movie is awful, honestly. Um, And I don't just mean the dialogue, which a lot of the dialogue is really uh, off base, I feel like, Um, but also just the general story structure and what they choose to include and not include. Mm -hmm. Because the theology, if you want to put it that way, of it is fascinating and ties into um, a wider universe of a lot of Stephen King novels. And Pennywise is kind of at the center of a lot of that. But for those of you who don't know, it's freaking amazing. um, The theology of it is that there, as I understand it, I've only... I haven't read the whole book, so I'll put it that way. But from what I've read about the part of the book that I haven't read is there's a giant turtle that is carrying the universe on its back and it is locked the turtle is locked in kind of eternal combat with pennywise who is the devourer of worlds so there's this like cosmic battle that's been going on forever where pennywise will come to a planet and essentially eat it destroy it whatever And then go to another planet. And it's kind of him versus this giant turtle that carries existence on his back. I think that's cool. Um, But like they can't decide if they want to explain it or not. So instead they just decided to like throw in a few breadcrumbs for the people who would get it. And just not explain the rest of it. Which I think that is... And I guess this is the thing is they do so many half measures on things from the book that are interesting and really what make the story compelling in my opinion. Uh, so you have like the cosmic origins of it and kind of the, the universe turtle and all of that. Mm-hmm. You have this idea that the town of Derry is really the main character of the story. It's this little microcosm of, um, you know uh, this mix of hyper violence and ambivalence towards that violence and you know child abuse and child murder and um you know just like bullying becomes murder like it's just this it's this crazy town that's so full of violence and debauchery and nobody in the town cares and that's the influence that pennywise exercises over the town So you have this idea that, you know, when you're in the town, you're affected by it if you're an adult. And if you're a kid, you're basically food for Pennywise. And if you leave the town, then you forget about it. And so it's this really interesting dynamic between the town of Derry and the characters in the movie. There's also, and this is something they could have very easily just tossed in. It's like a single line of dialogue, but they chose not to explain it. Uh, Pennywise essentially blesses the kids to be extremely successful. And that's why they're all very wealthy doing very well, have good jobs, very successful is because Pennywise essentially blesses them to be successful so that they won't come back to dairy. And so like, even them coming back is an act of defiance to him and like really sets in motion a lot of the story. Like that's a really interesting thing. And, The movie shows that they were all incredibly successful, but it's a single line to say why. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess what I'm getting at here is the most compelling parts of the book, they didn't take a stand on whether or not to just leave them out or to explain them. And so instead they do this breadcrumb approach where people who will get it will get what they're hinting at, but be left wanting more. Mm -hmm. And the people who don't get it, don't get it and... You just added runtime to an already long movie, essentially. Yeah. Like, there's just this confusion at the base of the script. And beyond that, there's confusion as to what the movie wants to be, right? Mm -hmm. When I go see an R-rated horror movie, I'm essentially expecting one of two things, right? You're either going to be Evil Dead or The Hills Have Eyes or Saw, where, like, the R-rating is just for her uh, extreme violence, right? Yeah. And this movie wasn't marketed like that, so that's not what I'm expecting. The other side of that coin is if you're not an R-rated horror movie, like for the crazy violence and stuff, then generally it's something that's going to have something to say. It's your hereditaries. It's your witches. It's, you know, all of these things. It's these movies that use the horror genre to express themes that are difficult to express in in other ways and i feel like the first movie was really successful at that but this movie it felt like they wrote a pg-13 horror movie and then just stuck a bunch of f-words in it yeah so like the vibe was i think you're right there the vibe was super off for me because i felt like i should be watching like the messengers but they're just cursing constantly Which, like, I don't necessarily have a problem with the language, but it was, like, it threw the whole thing off.
1: Yeah, like, it just, it didn't fit, and it felt like swearing for the sake of swearing rather than for the sake of the movie.
0: Yeah, it's, like, you watch the first one, and, like, Finn Wolfhard spouting off just, like, disgusting crap. It's funny. Whether or not you want to admit it, it's funny to watch a kid be that crass, right? But, like... You put it in this one and it's just a bunch of adults acting like children, essentially, because literally that's how the children acted in the first one. Yeah. So I guess that's the point I'm getting at is like there's there's just so much confusion at like the very core of this story and this script that I had a really hard time getting my bearings in the first place as to like, what am I supposed to be feeling because of all of this? And two, like, caring about the characters. Yeah. That's my spiel. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely agree. It's really interesting when you learn, like, what the book is actually about. And it just made me more mad that the movie was such a letdown. Because, like, it could have been this amazing, almost, like, psychological thriller but it wasn't. Well, And
0: that's not even necessarily my issue. Like, I'm not here to talk about uh, how it is as an adaptation, right? Like, if they uh-huh. want to leave out the parts that I find compelling, like, that's up to them, not me. If they can leave those things out and make a good movie, I'm still going to enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like, oh, man, I wish they explored this or whatever. But, like, at least they would have made a decision. My problem is that they're wishy-washy on it. Yeah. They reference these things to kind of wink. Like I said, to, they, like, wink at the people who are going to get it but those people are going to want more and the people who don't get it don't care. Like you're yeah. not you're not satisfying anybody by making the choice they did.
2: Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I wasn't as disappointed with this one is I have seen the first one probably 15 plus times.
0: Holy cow.
2: I love that movie. So definitely the first time I saw the very first one, super scary, you know, scared the crap out of me. Um, but then each time I've watched it, it's it's turned into more of an adventure movie for me. So I think, like, I wasn't really going into this expecting a super scary movie. I was going into it for an adventure movie. and um, And so I think that was kind of the downfall for a lot of people is that it just didn't deliver on the scares. And I totally agree with that. It didn't. But I wasn't totally expecting that. So I felt like it wasn't too much of a letdown for me. Um, but I mean, that's also not really... If you're going to market a scary movie, it should be a little bit scarier. But I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed it more so than others. So
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there was honestly in total one scene that could really be called scary in this movie and it's with the little girl with the birthmark
3: Mm.
2: under the bleachers. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: That was in my opinion, head and shoulders, the best scene in this
2: movie. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I think kind of because like everyone already knows kind of what's going on with Pennywise and kind of what to expect. Um, they definitely are kind of more in your face with it. There's not really like the mystery that there was in the first one and kind of figuring out who is this person? Why are they, you know, why are they scaring us all the time? Where did they come from? So I feel like, like they're just kind of like throwing all these scares at you and like not really doing anything to build them up. Like, you know, they're coming. Yeah. Um, But it's like when it was with the little girl, you're like, like we don't really know this character we don't know like this is an interaction with pennywise with someone he doesn't already know you know if he's with the losers club we know that he's just going to try and scare him and kill them and like of course we're thinking he's probably going to kill this girl but how's he going to do it
0: yeah and i think i guess I'm trying to think of which i have like i'm at a switch on a railroad and I'm trying to figure out which track I want to go down right now. Um, I guess let's just talk about what I see as kind of the elephant in the room with this movie. And that's the second act, um, with all of them, uh, going and finding their tokens or totems. What do they call them? Mm,
2: tokens. Yeah. I think.
0: Tokens. Right. Where, They spend essentially the middle hour of this movie split up Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and jumping between, I guess, a memory. Yeah. The idea is that... uh, Tell me if I'm wrong, Sid, but as I understood it is they had the fight outside of the house and they split up. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that in the time that they were split up, they each had some interaction with Pennywise yeah. That they then forgot. Yeah. Which is why we didn't see it in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The problem with that is that they established the formula in the first one. What's the first one that we see? Is it Bill?
2: In this movie?
0: Yeah. What's the first flashback that we get?
2: Um. Well, I mean, like, one of the first flashbacks is when they're all together and... Bev's talking about the vision that she had.
0: No, I mean in the in the second act after oh, they split the up, whose act. do we get first? Is it Bev or is it?
2: I think it is Bev. Yeah, Bill's one of the last ones, so I think it is.
0: Because Bev's is when she goes to her apartment.
2: Bev, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hers and is we the see
0: first. that flashback of her and her dad. Yeah. And what happens?
2: He says pretty much that like she like killed his wife and like she's the reason that she's dead and then he like sprays her with the the perfume.
0: Oh, so that she'll smell like her? Yeah. Well,
2: but the memories are
1: like real memories. It's not memories with Pennywise. The experiences with Pennywise happen to them currently. I don't think
0: her, they do. Well,
1: I'm but her experiences think. with the old woman.
0: So do they have both
1: because like she has memories of like we see memories of her so, real uh, life experiences and then as an adult she faces pennywise. we do
2: see i'm pretty sure there's three flashbacks with pennywise ben eddie and um richie
0: and then bev
2: i don't think we see and bill are are just like experiences
0: with pennywise
2: no right now or
0: just in the real time yeah okay because Bev, we see her memory of her dad being creepy which also really effective scene that wasn't a bad scene
2: yeah
0: uh but then we see her go hide the thing in the floorboard Mm -hmm. and then you have the scene oh my gosh and that scene that was basically just the trailer Mm
3: -hmm.
0: really good Mm
2: -hmm.
0: until the woman comes charging out
2: yeah Yeah, that was kind of my big thing with this movie is they did a lot more CGI than the first one. And I was really disappointed by that. it doesn't look good. She looks awful. Yeah.
0: Not scary. Big floppy titties.
1: Like all, every like
2: dead person or zombie or whatever, any dead Mm. person that we see looks really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I was just really disappointed that it wasn't, as practical it was in the first one um i will say that i did really like the snippet where bev turns around and it's like um bill scars like putting on the makeup and that, was awesome. oh, that, that was awesome that was awesome great. yeah but i feel like in the instances where they kind of built up to the scare because there were a lot more where it was just, like, all of a sudden the scare's there. Mm-hmm. In the instances where they built up, I feel like the build up is really good, and then the actual scare doesn't hit quite as great. That's a fair point. Yeah. I can see that. Because, like, the scene with the old lady, I still think it's great. It is great. And then, like, the little scene after where she's, you know, she's talking to Pennywise before he became Pennywise. That's great. And, like... um. What was the other scene I was thinking of? I don't remember. But I just feel like... Yeah, like I talked about before, because we already know what's going on, they didn't feel the need to build up to the scares. Yeah. But in the scenes where they did, I think it worked so much better.
0: Yeah. So then, that one I think is is pretty good. Old woman CGI aside, that scene itself is pretty good. Right? My problem comes when they literally copy paste that sequence for the next 45 minutes Mm -hmm. yeah and i already know that everybody's going to make it to adulthood Mm -hmm. so when i'm watching this flashback of them encountering pennywise i know how it's going to end so why would i bother being scared of it
1: Mm -hmm. well and i just i wanted to see like real life consequences to their experiences like yeah because a lot of them were in like public places where there were people near them or around them thank but you nothing happened no one looked at them
0: can no we talk one. about this right now yeah okay freaking the i'm not gonna sit here and try and convert people to the gospel of the tim curry it mini series right I am a disciple of said gospel. I enjoy the Tim Curry version of it. I also fully recognize that it's really not that great. (laughs) But there is one scene that I think should have been the blueprint for this movie. And it's the scene... Have you seen it? the, The Tim Curry version? Yeah. The scene that I think... Let me rewind. What it feels like to me is that they took the least effective scare in the first movie, which, like I said, to me was the crooked painting face lady. Mm -hmm. And they made that their blueprint for the scares in this movie. Fair. It's like, we're going to CGI something wacky looking and not even scary, but like, they just went for weird, Mm -hmm. right? Not And and like, I don't know if there's some sort of Uncanny Valley-esque effect where like, there's a tipping point where something becomes so weird that it's no longer unsettling. But I think to like the scene in the Chinese restaurant where the little creatures are coming out of the fortune cookies. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, this should be weird and it should be really unsettling. And I should be grossed out by this, but I feel like they took it too far. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where I'm like, Oh, I'm watching a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it felt like they took the painting lady as their blueprint for all of the scares in this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, and so that scene, I'll let you get into the rest of yeah. what you're saying. That scene in the um, restaurant is like a perfect example of this, where they're having this collective psychological experience with it. And Hallucination? Then, yeah. Yeah. And then the waitress walks in and everything goes away but they're still banging on the table and and screaming and freaking out yeah and she says like can i do anything for you like she check please yeah like no that fell so flat like that should be a reaction where they get kicked out of the restaurant everybody's like what are you doing there's nothing here Mm -hmm. yeah like that's what makes it so scary is that you're having these hallucinations but it's not real and it's Mm -hmm. not there
0: yeah and, like, I guess what, I'll put it this way. So, I felt like they used the wrong blueprint for the scares. Uh, problem number two in this point I'm making is that Pennywise didn't seem to care that they were back.
1: Yeah. He wasn't anywhere. Like... He's off just killing random kids. Yeah. Right? Like in the current timeline, like, I guess they A- were having some kinds of hallucinations, but, like even when they went down underground like he was nowhere yeah
0: yeah he just like let them walk into his lair when like in the first one i guess he does try and stop them in the house he does like spider stand. yeah whatever but he doesn't put up a whole ton of a fight Mm -hmm. right he doesn't even show up
2: well i think also kind of someone could argue that pennywise wants them to come back because like he kind of does the thing where he's like for 27 years i waited for you you know so i think kind of some of it is um letting them get some confidence back and like think that they can beat him and then he kind of just like takes them into like his domain maybe but i mean also that doesn't just dismiss like his kind of just oh whatever like welcome back guys you know
0: yeah like the mentality of pennywise and they express this pretty well in the first one is that he wants to torture and eat kids and then go to sleep for 27 years yeah like the idea that he would miss them for 27 years falls really flat for me yeah. I just, like, from what we learned about his character, even in the, even in, like, excluding the book, forget about the book. If we look at just at Pennywise's character in the first movie, that motivation doesn't really track for me. Like, he just wants to be left alone. Yeah.
1: I feel like it kind of makes sense because they, like, defeated him somewhat in mm. the first one.
0: He never comes off as vengeful to me, though.
1: I don't like, know, even maybe in the first he's one, he's never been defeated. Even know? in the first
0: like, one, he's like, just defensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, He goes after them because they go after him. But I feel like the kids showing back up, he would want to prevent them from attacking him. But he just... Yeah. Like, it's almost like Pennywise got handed the script. And he's like, oh, so at the end they end up in my lair. Great. Okay. I'm not going to make it too hard then. Yeah. Point being, jump to the Tim Curry version of It. And there's the scene in the library with Richie.
2: That's what I thought you were going to say. Mm-hmm.
0: And he's having this crazy hallucination of all the balloons, and Pennywise is there. And Tim Curry puts out this incredible performance, just mocking him and just trying to get a rise out of him. And the library is full of people, and he's doing the beep, beep, Richie. Like that whole And it's so scary. It's so scary.
1: A red balloon, like floating through the library, is terrifying.
0: Yeah. And then, like I said, it, it sets off this whole hallucination. That Richie has in the library and then you realize afterwards once it all goes away that he's been acting like a crazy person in the library and all the people actually react to it mm-hmm. so my point is that like that's what makes Pennywise scary mm-hmm. if you're not 13 years old if you're 13 years old then sure bugs popping out of fortune cookies makes Pennywise scary
3: mm-hmm.
0: but what makes Pennywise scary as a child is not the same thing that makes him scary as an adult. Mm -hmm. And again, they hint at this, but they don't commit to it because the kids, like they meet up and they're at the Chinese restaurant. And then uh, Mike finally tells them what the plan is and everything. And they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. They're not into it. Like, like that should be Pennywise should be trying to like leverage that right make them feel like they're crazy make them try and run away which is what he that's that's essentially his entire motivation in the tim curry version and i think that really lands Mm
3: -hmm.
0: when it comes to scaring an adult is what are we more scared of public shame humiliation um failure these kinds of things Mm -hmm. but like i said i think that maybe that's why it worked in the first one what they did and not in this one because what scares you as a child is not what scares you as an adult And in the first one, they're scaring children. And in the second one, they're scaring children. Because all of the scary scenes happen back when they're children again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when they're adults and they actually get in with him, it just turns into like an Avengers fight scene. You know what I mean? He literally turns into a giant monster and they have to go hide. And then they bully him to death.
1: Yeah. I thought that was so weird that they're like, Oh, this is what will kill him. And again, bullying.
0: it could have worked if they had explored that theme even a little bit throughout the course of the movie. Because again, if you look at the Tim Curry version and the things that it explores, it's that idea of you having power over somebody by making them feel small, by making yeah. them feel like a failure, by humiliating them, by shaming them. Yeah. Pennywise has power over these adults because that's what he does to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it would if that's what he had done to them as adults, it would have made sense for them to flip that back on him,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: because we as humans, we use as weapons the things that we are scared of, right, and I guess Pennywise isn't human, but like that that logic makes sense. what you are scared of is what you try to use as a weapon, so it would make sense that what could defeat Pennywise is what he would use on people, which is again embarrassing them, making them feel small, humiliating them, pushing them away
3: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: But they don't explore that at all. And the only scares that we really get, you get the one with the old lady, and you get the leper with Eddie. Mm-hmm. But the leper's literally a recycled scare. Yeah. And the old lady stops being scary the instant that she becomes threatening, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. once you actually see her ears, like uh.
0: Well, not even. Like she's she's on the couch drinking tea, being weird, but yeah. she's not a threat. Yeah. The second she becomes a threat. Is when she charges at Bev. Yeah. And that's when she stops being scary.
2: Yeah. 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 I kind of feel like maybe if the first one hadn't been so successful, this one could have been better. Because it kind of just feels like they're keeping the scares because they were scary in the first movie. Yeah. And they don't want to mature them because they want to keep the same audience that they had yeah. in the first one. Um, Which is fine. But like put in something else more real, more relatable. Like, yes, it's scary to have floppy titties running at you, but it's, but it's not going to keep you up at night basically. And I kind of feel like also with in the first movie, like the big thing for them is them to just like not be scared of Pennywise. Mm -hmm. And they hardly even explore that this time, but like kind of the part where, Bev is saying like this will kill monsters if you believe. That's makes zero sense. That it like it kind of goes back to the miniseries, where they're like you know, with like the inhaler. Oh yeah. Like yeah, this yeah. is battery acid. Yeah. So I feel well, like Well that's they, from the book. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that was another point where they're trying to connect it to the book and to the mini series, kind of like breadcrumbs, but it's just kind of like like they ditched whatever theme they had in the first one and try to pick up themes from the book and the miniseries. Yeah. So it just basically like Ron Swanson said it best. Don't half-ass two things, whole ass one thing. There you go. They just, they just tried to appease two very different groups.
0: Yeah. Well, and even thinking back, there is a really successful psychological aspect to the first one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. In that these are kids and they're trying to, I guess, like their parents are this uh, kind of gray cloud over them right and the idea that they're kids and so you can't do this because you are kids like Mm -hmm. even watching that as an adult that's a motivator that we can all relate to because we were all kids right yeah but like as adults like you're an adult of course you can do it you're an adult
2: yeah yeah and also like with the first one it's the adults can't see what's happening to the kids yes so it's kind of like well is this actually happening am i just going insane so but then like in the second one it's like well they're adults and they can still see it so it's real
0: well and that's the other thing is like that's something that's explored really successfully in the miniseries. i think one two um is that i literally just forgot my train of thought where was i going with this I super don't remember. What just happened? What themes? did you just say, Sid?
2: Um, What did I just say? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second. I we're talking about themes. Just parents can't see what yeah, kids see. The parents can't see. Adults
1: can now see what they saw as a
2: kid. In the first movie, the parents were oblivious to what was happening. Right. In the oh, second right.
0: Movie. That's another thing. Is that a lot of the cool book aspects, that's something that, again, was hinted at in the first movie. And because it was hinted at, I expected it to be explored in the second movie Mm -hmm. right like maybe in the second movie you find out why all of the parents in dairy suck
3: Mm
0: -hmm. right why does every single parent suck in this town yeah it's because of the town it's because if you manage to become an adult in this town you suck because it wants to keep you satiated so that it can eat your kids Yeah, Mm -hmm. like that's something that is again beginning to be explored in the first film And I'm like, oh, great. This is a cool aspect of the book that they're going to flesh out in the second movie. Mm. But they didn't because we needed fortune cookie monsters. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It comes down to like... I guess I'll jump into my final and biggest issue with the screenplay. Is that this is a two hour and 50 minute movie. And I don't know what I would cut. Not because there aren't things to cut. But because... Literally every single piece of this movie feels so inconsequential, and equally so that I start thinking about what to cut, and I literally end up with a five-minute short film of Pennywise eating a girl under the bleachers. But that even ends up not mattering in the slightest in the grand scheme of the film. It's like it, it's like they're halfway through the script and they're like, oh, we haven't seen Pennywise in like twenty minutes. Let's have meet a girl. Mm-hmm. But like it doesn't matter. Yeah. None of it matters. None of it has nothing that happens has any sort of effect on anything that comes after it. Yeah. There is zero like character growth here. The characters don't change, they don't mature, they don't learn anything.
1: I think the only one that has any character growth is Bill. He has some with just like it, it, like Maybe. explores it a little bit just like the idea that like he thought all of it was his fault, like he thought Yeah. Um, Georgie. Even that is like
0: a freaking. Like, if we're talking that the story is a stake, like, you're still two minutes short of a rare on that. Like, (laughs)
2: yeah. It's so underdeveloped. Yeah. I think the. I mean, I can't totally say if that's the problem, but looking at just the writers in the first one, they had four writers. This one. Who was one of them? Um,.
0: Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah. Do you know what he created? No. True Detective.
2: Oh? Okay. Yeah. And looking (laughs) at the guy who in the second one, it's just Stephen King and this guy, Carrie Dauberman. Gary Dalberman. Yeah. Everything else that he has written, he did write he did partially write it, but everything else has been these really crappy spinoffs of the conjuring he's done the annabelles and the. then oh jeez. that's i think that's the biggest
0: so that's the issue is he wrote a conjuring movie and then stuck a bunch of f words in it
2: yeah
1: jeez
0: i'm really glad you brought that up because i was going to and then i totally forgot but yeah Kerry fukunaga helped write the first one
2: hmm.
0: and he's like the creator of true detective
1: that's awesome
2: yeah i mean it definitely it did not I like, I I want to know why they kicked him out. Um, but yeah, I think that is the biggest downfall of this is that yeah. they went with the guy who, I mean, I haven't seen any of the movies that he's written because they're horrible, but pretty much <laughs> all I hear about them is the story's horrible, but it has good scares. And I feel like that's kind of what they wanted to go with. It's like the scares were really fun. Everyone liked the scares in the first one. That's what they mostly talk about. So we're just going to take that and we're going to run.
0: Yeah. Mysteriously, this movie is rated a 7.1 on IMDb. Wow. But I guess, uh, so jumping, yeah, jumping back into to that point is like, specifically the second act had absolutely no bearing on the rest of the story. Yeah what's your interpretation of this I'm curious because we've talked about this a little bit was the ritual actually necessary did it do anything
2: no I you know like I wonder if it would have worked like if I don't I kind of just that's another thing where they just like they kind of half-assed it they're just like oh Yeah. yeah it's this uh ancient native americans had this thing oh but it didn't work so i like i don't know if it would have worked or not i kind of feel like like honestly part of me was thinking i was like well, what if mike is dead and pennywise is mike and that would have been and this is awesome pennywise like trick to get them down there honestly that would have been so I cool think that would have been great <laughs> but it just kind of is like it just gave them something to do for an hour and a half until they get down into his lair. 100%. And then it's like, oh, it didn't work.
0: That's that's my biggest problem, yeah. is this movie is Endgame, mm-hmm. right? The first act is getting the crew back together. The second act is time travel shenanigans to get some items. And the third act is the final battle. Yeah. The difference is they actually needed the items that they got in Endgame and... Those were all big character moments. Mm -hmm. These events that the kids forgot literally didn't matter because they had no bearing on who they became as adults. Because even as adults, they were literally just taller versions of them as kids. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So the things that happen in the second act don't matter for either. And I'm not opposed to like the ritual failing, right? Like let them build it up, build us up and then we're disappointed, right? But you either need to have the journey or the end mean something. Mm-hmm. And in this case, neither of them mean anything. Because it all comes down to them making fun of Pennywise to death.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that the ritual worked. Just to yeah. go back to that. But I do think it worked because... Well, even how I understood it was that they get these items, they do whatever they're doing, and that brings out the true form of it, which is the giant spider, and that's what we see.
0: Which they somehow managed to make look worse than the spider version in the miniseries.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it's true. In the book, it's true form is a giant spider.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But like centaur clown spider, like how that even made it past like the discussion phase is completely beyond me it is so stupid and not scary and like i said it just turns it into an avengers battle scene yeah Mm -hmm. and then let one of them die i don't care let eddie die i'm fine with that but you're telling me that he's just gonna turn his back to Pennywise and be like hey Richie look I did the thing buddy I, I threw the freaking rebar in there and I got him oh my gosh I'm amazing oh, look, I'm gonna just turn my back to him I'm sure he's dead didn't check but I'm sure oh. like
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it's just it's idiotic choices
1: yeah
0: and oh my gosh like
1: also on that note I thought it was really dumb to try to think that like Richie and Eddie were in love. Yeah. Like I'm okay with Richie being gay. Like who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But him and Eddie, like I don't know. It just seemed like grasping at straws a little bit. Yeah. To not have to add in another character or like explain it in a different way. Yeah. I don't know.
2: It did kind of just feel like they just kind of shoved it in there but I won't deny that i didn't cry when he went to go re their names so
0: wow i, I was just, so checked out at that point Me too. i was like i literally that, when he carved the e yeah. i was like who's the e <laughs> well i like had to think about it, it wasn't yeah. until i was like thinking about it afterwards that i was like oh eddie <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: it kind of just felt like they were throwing stuff in kind of at the end mm-hmm. i mean i it's still kind of hit me emotionally um just kind of like with eddie dying and um the stan's letter but it did just kind of feel like they were just like taking these like little things and just like oh let's put them all in for the last five minutes stan's letter
0: was one of the dumbest things i've ever seen in a movie
2: yeah i i didn't like that i didn't think it was dumb
1: but i didn't like that they were like you know what this guy was scared. He so heroically
0: he... committed suicide. Yeah. Like, and
1: we're all going to be proud of him for it.
0: That like... is such a dangerous message to send yeah. in any case that, like, suicide could ever be heroic.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Right? Two, it makes it so much scarier if he just did it because he was scared.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like... Well, or that, like, he had a hallucination. And killed himself that way. You know, like he sure. experienced...
0: Literally it. anything else. Yeah. And then even the way that it's revealed, Mike... Hey, uh, Bill, you get the letter, man? What letter? Oh, oh you'll know.
2: <laughs> oh, it's right here on my desk. Okay.
0: <laughs> I love you, man. I love you too, Mike. Bye, Bill. Bye, Mike. Like... oh my gosh yeah oh that letter
1: yeah that it really bothered me well like not dumb like it bothered me sure because but yeah that's not an okay message to say no
0: (laughs) okay one more thing that I want to rag on and then I think I'm done (laughs) okay the music in this movie is an atrocity
1: it was really distracting
0: it was so distracting the movie in this uh, the music in this movie felt like it belonged in like a mediocre 90s period piece Mm. it's all sweeping strings and they don't even use the freaking best thing that they came up with which is that the Pennywise theme
1: yeah it's not it's just nowhere
2: you're right
0: and then they're like, "Oh, you know what would really fit the tone of this movie? If while Eddie's getting vomited on, we put in a 5-second clip of No Call Me Angel in the morning." Like,
2: I thought that was kind of funny. If
0: literally anybody is still invested in this movie up to this point, this will kick them right out. Like, <laughs> it just it doesn't fit the tone at yeah, all.
2: I totally get it.
1: Like, I feel like going into this movie now, I think you have to expect that it's one of those like it's like a dumb comedy right. rather yeah. than a sequel to It or... Yeah. Yeah. A horror in any way because the comedy was... The
0: the balance of horror and scares in the first one was so successful Uh and the jokes in this movie just do not land. They are bad. They are not funny.
1: Well, it's because like...
2: Like Richie kills um what's his face
0: bowers oh yeah did you remember that bowers was in this movie until i just said it right now
2: (laughs) i briefly remembered i kind of thought about what was the point of there's another
0: 20 minutes of screen time
2: and then i realized there was no point to it yep just to service the fans
0: because it's in the book it's in the book that adult bowers gets driven around by the zombie of his buddy
2: yeah (laughs) which is so stupid no it's
0: awesome
1: okay maybe in the book
0: but again they half-assed it. Uh, yeah. They didn't yeah. explore it at all. Like, Bowers was just there to be there. And then they murder him.
1: Like, I like the scene where he sees the balloon floating outside. Like, that's yeah. pretty cool. That was like, a good scene. I yeah. mean, just the balloon itself is scary. And like, he, like, I sees like the balloon
0: that. as, like, this symbol of it approving of him. Uh-huh. Because that tracks with the first one because he's convinced to go to, like, kill his dad because mm-hmm. of what he sees on the TV. Yeah. Yeah and so like it makes sense that he would see the balloon as like it recognizing him and calling him back to service and that's cool Mm -hmm. but then the scenes with bowers just don't end up meaning anything
1: just because they're all like really comedic but like not in a good way like um with eddie getting stabbed in the face
0: yeah that's a horrific thing to have happen
1: and then he just like is almost smiling and he's like I'm gonna take this knife out and Uh, cut the mullet, man. It's been like 30 years. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, maybe those jokes are funny. Like the whole theater was laughing, but like it's also our whole
0: theater was 14 and 15 year olds. Yeah. So,
1: but like, that's not like what I wanted from this movie. So I think if you you listeners, I guess, are someone who likes comedy like that, then you'll like it. Mm -hmm. Or anyone, you know. Let us know what you thought of it likes that kind of comedy might like it yeah i don't know
0: yeah and that uh yeah i guess that was two things i want to talk about the comedy is i think awful i just think it doesn't land i think that like i said they can't decide on a tone yet somehow the music doesn't fit the tone even though they can't pick a tone <laughs> and the jokes just don't land for me the scenes with bowers are totally pointless and that's 20 minutes of screen time you just didn't need
1: like, I just don't know how so many people okayed this as a two-hour, 50-minute movie.
0: Dude, this movie is a camel. I'm telling you. Like, um, what's the saying? A camel is a horse designed by committee. And this movie is a camel.
1: Yeah. That's fair.
0: It just feels so focus grouped to death. When like the reason the first one was successful is it let the creative people kind of do their thing. But then it was so wildly successful that the freaking, I guarantee you the studio and the producers just had to have their hands in everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause that's, I guess that's what it comes down to is if I could pick a tone is that it feels focus grouped.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I see that for sure. yeah That definitely makes sense. Cause it's like, Oh, let's take these scenes that the people scared or screamed at in the first movie. Let's take these scenes that people laughed at. Let's just bump that up story. Let's take that down. Let's hire this guy who has made horrible movies, but they make lots of money.
0: Yeah. And the final thing, I promised the final, final thing. There just wasn't enough Pennywise. Yeah. And the Pennywise that was here was bad, except for the scene with the girl. And even the scene in the funhouse is pretty good where he's like mocking Bill for not being able Uh, to save the kid. That's pretty, that's pretty good. good good. But the majority of Pennywise comes from the ending Mm -hmm. with him in spider form. Yeah. And that's just bad. Like Pennywise shouldn't be. And even like the scene in the park with Eddie, like where he's mocking him and coming down on the balloons. And I was like, Oh, they're going to have this be like in the library scene where Mm -hmm. like, he's freaking out in the park. The people in the park are like, Oh, that's weird. But no, nothing, nothing matters.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. That's it. I'm done. You guys can say anything else that you want to, but I am done.
2: I don't really have anything else. Yeah, I think I'm done.
0: I'm sorry if you liked this movie. And, like, it sucks to hear people rag on something that you like. Mm -hmm. And I get that. So, Sid, I know that you enjoyed this movie. And I apologize No,
2: like, everything that's been said is totally valid. It doesn't detract that I still liked the movie.
0: And that's that's a totally fair point to have. All of these things, like I said, summing it up, is all of these things that we've talked about over the last... I guess hour at this point came together to make it impossible for me to become invested in either the story, the characters or the universe. And if I can't get invested in at least one of those things, then I am bored. And this movie is three hours long. Like that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. The, so when I said at the beginning, the casting is outstanding for this movie, everybody from, the adults to Bowers to even the casting of the little kid that keeps randomly showing up to around bill. Mm -hmm. The casting in this movie is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And the performances that are turned in are really great across the board. But those things are so weighed down by the negative aspects of this movie that I have a hard time even enjoying them.
1: I think I like. I get why you enjoy it, Sid, and I think I get what there is to be enjoyed about this movie. It just really, really fell flat for me. I'm gonna turn this into my final thoughts. By the way.
0: Oh yeah. So okay. So here's how. Uh, we can do trivia after ratings, then. Okay. Oh, Kay. sorry. Well, let's do final thoughts and ratings out of ten. Then, if that's cool with everybody. Yeah. Okay. These are your final thoughts, and then your rating out of ten on it, Chapter Two.
1: Okay, go. Um, like I, I think I get it I get why some people might like it and why you specifically said like it. And I do think there are a few redeeming qualities like Andrew already mentioned and that we've already talked about. But yeah, I just was I was really disappointed and I wanted a lot more from it. I wish it gave me a lot more. And I think that is the best way to describe it, that it feels focus grouped. Like I totally see that. I didn't think about that at all. Until you brought it up. But it feels like everybody just said. This is what I want out of this movie. And they made a bunch of different scenes. And stuck them together. Mm -hmm. So. That's pretty disappointing. But I'm glad I saw it. I'll probably never watch it again. And my rating. Is a 6 out of 10.
0: Sid. Your final thoughts.
2: Uh, My final thoughts are. It's definitely not a great movie, and I don't think it's it um gives justice to the first one, and I don't think it's a good enough ending for it, but I think it's fine. um yeah, like I said, there are things that I really like, things that I really didn't like. um, I think my biggest i guess like advantage going into it is I had a different viewpoint on it than a lot of people did. People were looking for a scary just thrill ride and i was not um so yeah i think i definitely enjoyed it more than most people and i'm gonna give this a 6.9
0: right becca you gave alien a six
2: did i really yep alien Whoa. the first alien
0: yep
1: oh my gosh Maybe I should change this rating. You can't change. I, I guess just, you
0: could, but I'm I, not, I'm not trying to get you to change it.
1: Well, I feel like six seems really low. I feel like I don't know if I could rate a movie lower than six. Cause that's a D, you know, like that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, my final thoughts are basically what I've said up to this point. Like I, this movie just disappointed me on almost every single front aside from the performances. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. This movie's a three for me.
1: Can I change my rating on Alien?
0: Uh, we can do a revisionist corner after we do trivia. Okay. Okay. Now, if there's any haters out there who are like, Andrew just rates everything too high. Now you know. This is what it takes for me to call a movie bad. <laughs> Let's see. We got a 6.0, a 6.9, and a 3. Um, What does that bring us to? Like
1: a 5.5, 5.7? I would even say well
0: yeah 5.5 5.5 5. 5. 5. is 5.5 yeah, fair
2: yeah
0: that might be too high actually but who cares still makes it our lowest rated movie
2: really what did we get for mother
0: uh mother came out to an even six.
2: Oh. well
0: yeah like mother is a six to me this is a three yeah I mean, and like
1: that's fair it's it's probably lower that's i'm calling just it the number. three even like and
0: that might be me being generous
1: <laughs> jeez
0: i really didn't like this all right so best of the best of imdb movie trivia for it chapter two
2: okay um bill hader said that since this was his first time in a horror movie he struggled to ask act scared um because his natural reaction was to just nervously smile so i can
0: see that but he did a good job
2: yeah i thought he was pretty good
0: a lot of people were calling him oscar worthy i wouldn't go that far no no but i thought he did a good job no the Um, best performance i thought came out of eddie honestly
2: yeah yeah he was really good um bill skarsgård stated that after filming were you gonna say something
0: i was gonna say that just reminded me the best performance actually came from bill skarsgård oh yeah for sure
2: yeah um he Bill Skarsgård said that he continued to have nightmares about Pennywise um and it was pretty much just like he was battling Pennywise
0: That's uh, intense.
2: Yeah. Jeez. Um was he
0: battling Pennywise on the piles of money that he made?
2: He didn't mention that. I'm <laughs> sh- I'm sure he didn't want to seem greedy or anything. Yeah. Um James McAvoy injured himself during one of his fight scenes by a double
0: thigh strain. Isn't that he strained both of his thighs, or he got two strains in one thigh? Uh,
2: I'm not a doctor. I don't know.
0: All right, fair enough.
2: Um, uh, Pennywise is really only in the film for like ten minutes, so oh that's
0: Yoinks, I dude I mean, like
2: three-hour like movie actual Pennywise, you know. So yeah, that was disappointing. Jeez. Um reoccurring criticism about Stephen King's novel um, novels is the lack of inspiration for endings, which, like, they addressed in the movie, and we're trying to make a joke out of it, but also, like, at the same time, like, well, this isn't that great either. Oh,
0: did they subtly hint at that 40,000 times?
2: <laughs> By Stephen King himself?
0: Yeah, it's like freaking Bill couldn't be on the screen without somebody being like, hey,
2: hey, Bill, your endings suck, dude!
0: <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know, like, you. Yeah. I don't know why random people on the street are telling me that (laughs) some kid walks up while he's in a rain gutter. He's like, Oh, I hear uh, voices in the bathtub. And by the way, your endings suck. Like (laughs) they seriously can't go more than three minutes without reminding us that Bill's endings suck.
3: Yeah.
2: They were just kind of warning us for the movie. They were like, I guess so. Um, and the last one, the room where Bill is typing at the end of the film is the same room from the end of stand by me. Hmm. So, Yep. And that's all i have for it chapter two
0: well there you go uh that will conclude our discussion of it chapter two did you agree with us did you disagree with us we would love to hear from you um you can email us at contact at we watch or contact at we you can also slide into the dms facebook.com slash we watch podcast or instagram at we watch podcast uh we'd love to hear from you guys tell us why we're wrong Um, We're going to continue on with some other topics at this point. We're going to have a small revisionist corner, uh, which is where we have the opportunity to revise any prior opinions that we had on films. And following that, uh, we'll get into some other topics. There's a handful of things that I want to just mention that I'm very excited about. And we'll talk about other movies that we have watched in the meantime since our last episode. Uh, Becca, the floor is yours.
1: All right. Well, I cannot believe that I gave Alien a six. I mean, well, I kind of can, because I really didn't like it when we first watched it, but I already feel like it's one of those movies that I've grown up with, even though I just watched it. (laughs)
0: Like, four months ago? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I know that's, like, a weird thing to say, but, like, I still... Like, all the things that I said about Alien that I didn't like are still true about the movie, I think. But I feel... It feels... Like, I feel really, like... Deered towards it like it's no i get that i yeah. don't know and and i love the other one so much and it just feels like a special movie to me now i can see that um so it definitely deserves way more than a six i think that i will give it like an 8.5 holy cow whoa i don't remember what you guys rated it but that's just what it popped into my head that's a I two and, and a really half good. point jump I know. That's huge. What did you guys rate it?
0: Uh, Becca, er, Sid gave it a seven. I gave it a 6.2.
1: Oh, geez. Why were you guys so low? My you was rated it a six. I Well, I thought that was low.
0: Yours was the lowest.
1: But it wasn't that much lower than you guys.
0: No. Here's the thing. I'm well, also going to have... Weird. As long as we're talking about it, I am also going to have an Alien Revisionist corner. Okay, good. After becoming more familiar with the Alien universe, seeing all the other Alien movies, again, it feels it does feel like a special movie at this point. Like, is it perfect? No. Does it still have a lot of problems? Yes. Is it the blueprint for many, uh, sci-fi horror movie? Yes, absolutely. Do I enjoy it more having seen Ripley in other situations and the xenomorph in other situations? Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to be more forgiving of those things that bugged me about it? Yes. Um, so I'm actually going to bump my score for this one as well, as long as we're doing this. Uh, I'm going to give it a whole point. I'm going to go 7.2.
1: Wow, I feel like my score is really high now. You can rate it as <laughs> high as, as you want. Don't be self-conscious. I am Jeez. self-conscious. That's just the number that popped in my head.
0: Um, that bumps this up to like a seven-seven. All right. Does that sound right? Sure. Eight-five-seven-zero oh, and seven-two. Maybe
2: seven-eight. Uh, I don't know. Seven-eight. Cool.
0: And that's how revisionist corner works, folks. It's our first seven point eight. So, do you have any revisionist corners? Nope. All right. Well, what have you been watching?
2: Um, I watched Two Thousand One last week, <sighs> and I loved it. Yay! I really because really it's liked incredible. It. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely parts where I was watching a spaceship for a long time and. <sighs> didn't love it but i just got into an intro to film class and i found out that i have to watch it again in a few weeks
0: dude can we please
2: no like i have to watch it in at on campus Oh Oh, yeah yeah. which like is is fine but
0: i'm really looking for an excuse to buy the 4k blu-ray
2: oh yeah i'm sure um yeah so that was great and then also i watched the general um a buster keaton silent film Mm -hmm. and it was really really good
0: buster keaton's a freaking genius oh yeah
2: he's amazing just like the physicality of the whole movie was incredible um it you know my it was my first silent film so it did kind of drag a little bit for me towards the middle um but i thought it was fantastic um, let's see, what else did I watch? And I watched Drop Dead Gorgeous. I don't even know what that is. That movie is fantastic. I don't care what anyone says. It's about, it's like a mockumentary of this beauty pageant in Minnesota. And I'm in, I'm in. It's <laughs> so funny. It's got, um, Kirsten Dunst, is in it, uh, Allison Janney Oh my gosh. Um, Shoot, what's her name? Um,
0: this all sounds great.
2: It's so good. <laughs> Who says
0: this isn't good?
2: The critics. Critics. This is like a blueprint for um, greatness, honestly. Oh, it's Amy Adams' first movie. What? Uh, Keir- Kirstie Alley. Brittany Murphy. It's so funny. I.
0: Dude, I'm like super down for that. That I sounds great.
2: I highly, highly recommend it. It's just ridiculous and hilarious, and it's just amazing.
0: Do you know... Um, before i ask my question was there anything else you were going to say about job did gorgeous before i totally cut you off no what else do you have to watch for your intro to film class
2: um
0: i'm curious what
2: oh we're watching days of heaven which i'm really excited about oh nice i'm really excited about that one um
0: i guess they probably have to keep it pg right
2: um yeah because they like they can show rated art stuff movies like clips from it but they can't show rated art content
0: yay byu
2: we love it um yeah, we're watching that. I know. Oh, we're watching Into the Spider Verse, which I'm pretty pumped about. That's
0: dope that they're yeah. including that in the curriculum. I like excited. that.
2: Um, we're also doing Pinocchio. We're doing a like f- the Disney one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, we're doing a few documentaries. Um, some foreign films.
0: Do you know what? I'm about?
2: Uh, the foreign film I think it's called This Life. It's. I don't remember. It was like a, a ninety. I don't think I've... I, I, it 90s. sounds really
0: familiar, but I'm not sure why. I haven't um, seen it.
2: Yeah. A lot of them are, like, movies that I haven't really heard of, but I'm super excited, except there is one that's about a woman, a documentary of a woman, like, kind of documentary, documenting, like, her life with her dog, and I feel like I'm just going to be sobbing the whole oh, time. Oh, guaranteed. So not super pumped about that one dude but. i can't
0: wait for all the little byu in your intro to film class to watch 2001 and days oh, of heaven goodness. and they'll be like oh 2001 that was really good who directed oh stanley kubrick great let's go watch some kubrick <laughs> <laughs> and they go watch literally any other kubrick film and they're, <laughs> they're oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like maybe dr strange uh, dr strange let would be fine with
2: oh we watched a clip from that Ooh, nice and everyone was laughing i was laughing really hard because it's great But, um, Austin has like this book of just kind of, I guess it's kind of like a memoir of Mm -hmm. Stanley Kubrick and like, it goes like in order. Is is he a Kubrick fan? Yeah. (gasps) I like him more. (laughs) Um, and like I was flipping through it and it like goes in order of like the most recent, you know, movies and, Mm -hmm. um, and so I get to the end and you get to eyes wide shut and I'm like, (laughs) you are not allowed to look at this. You can't read past the last 200 pages. It's a thick book. Jeez. It's huge. But yeah, that's pretty much everything I've been watching. I
0: just imagine like your BYU film class kids like, oh, I've heard of A Clockwork Orange. That's the one where they hold his eyeballs open, right? Yeah. Hey, guys, let's get together in my apartment on Friday and we're going to (laughs) watch A Clockwork Orange. Like, and they get to like the rape scene. (laughs) Not that rape is funny and not that that scene is funny. It's not. Not at all.
2: But the reactions. But of, the
0: idea of a bunch of little BYU kids watching <laughs> *A Clockwork Orange* is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. Or like sitting down, they're like, "Oh, *Days of Heaven*? That was good, man. Terrence Malick, that guy's really got the vision." And then they're like, "Yeah, man, maybe we should watch like *Ah, oh, the Tree of Life*. Uh, we're religious. *The Tree of Life*? That sounds good."
2: They used to. I mean, when Austin took the class, they made him watch *Tree of Life*.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. But they switched to Days of Heaven because people's attention spans couldn't handle tree life.
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: Because Days of Heaven is what, like, 92 minutes long? It's short. Yeah, it's pretty short. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that. But, dude, <laughs> really here's excited. the thing. I Like, in all sincerity, like, if they can start exposing... Like, if your intro to film can be Malick and Kubrick, like, you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And I really like that they're making you do some more historical stuff. That's been something that I've really been trying to do lately, is like, I'm trying really hard to get into um, like really old films. So, like, silent film mm-hmm. and um, like pre code era stuff. Yep. So, like, um, for, well, small preview for 31 Days of October this year, we're doing Classics Week, is one of them. And th- three out of the four films that we're doing came out before 1930. Like,. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's a really interesting period in cinema. I think that, I mean, I agree with you. It is difficult to watch just because we're so used to being so stimulated by film. Yeah. But the these ask a lot more. You have to use your imagination a lot more. All yeah. that kind of stuff. But point being, I think that's awesome that they're having you guys yeah. watch, like, Buster um, Keaton. I love it. And, like, are they they be doing any, like, any Chaplin or just Buster Keaton? mm
2: just buster keaton if you want to get into
0: silent film go watch buster keaton and charlie chaplin because mm-hmm. like even as you know their names you probably think that they haven't aged well but they have those yeah. dudes were freaking geniuses yeah. and they are incredible
2: and watch uh every frame of painting they do one on buster keaton Ooh, and it's amazing i haven't seen that it's have very, to check it out. very good
0: um all right have we watched anything other than midsummer
1: no <gasps> Oh, but yeah, we watched Midsummer. <gasps> I forgot about that. Did you watch the yeah. director's cut? We, we went and saw the director's cut of Midsummer. <gasps> okay. I'm trying to remember. We're
0: split directly down the middle. I think it's better than the original. Okay. Becca thinks the original is better.
1: Yes. But I... okay, I'm it's all coming back to me now. I really enjoyed the director's cut and I loved everything that it added and like you got to see more of like the relationships mm-hmm. and specifically the relationship between um, Christian and Danny mm-hmm. um, and, like, why there's so much tension and stuff. Um, and I loved all of that. But I, the the original is just so tight. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is just, like, so perfectly in place. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the director's cut for me, like, it was it was information that I enjoyed because I just want more of this world. But like when I watch it again, I want to watch the, the theatrical cut.
0: See, and I agree with everything you said with the exception of when I watch it again, I think that knowing, because the director's cut just gave me more of what I wanted. Right. Like all of the added content, I could see why it was cut Mm -hmm. because you're right. The original is much tighter. Keep in mind, the director's cut of Midsummer and it chapter two,
1: about the same length. But Midsummer's one feels half as long.
0: Um but the director's cut just gave me more of what I wanted. It gave me more rituals. It gave me more insight into the characters. It really deepened and expounded upon Danny and Christian's relationship and each of them as characters. It gave a lot more weight to the conflict between Josh and Christian. Um, it even gave um, Mark's character a little bit more to do. It gave the community more to do. We saw more of the rituals and they weren't like horrendous, bloody, violent things. It was just like, you really see the buildup up up to what we see at the end. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what it comes down to for me is that if I watch the original, I'm going to miss the things that were added. I'm going to want that buildup and that context Mm -hmm. That the added things provide. So while I agree with you that the original is tighter, I think that sacrificing a little bit of that tightness is worth it for me to get more out of the world. It's fair. So.
1: It was really good, though. So good. I'm sure.
0: I pray that they put it on the Blu-ray. And if they do, I'll have it day one and you can borrow it.
3: Yes. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that like, because really it's one hundred and twenty percent worth watching the director's cut. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Um, it is a little jarring when they cut to because, like, we had already seen it twice. Did you see it once or twice? I saw it once. So, uh, even just having seen it twice, like we n- know the film fairly well. Mm-hmm. So, like when you would expect something to happen and it would like cut to something else, it was a little bit jarring.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like we notice every. Single you notice added it's scene, not like, like
0: yeah, it's not like they left in an extra word here or there, or this shot lingered a little bit longer. It's like entire scenes. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Which I guess is like what you want in a director's cut. Oh, absolutely. I would hate for the director's
0: cut to be like, oh, this pan was a little bit longer.
2: Yeah, like how they did that with Endgame, where it was like,
0: didn't they just literally add an after credits scene?
2: No, it was just like a bunch of little scenes where it was just like it just went on for like thirty seconds longer and there's like Blech. someone has like a one liner, you know, it just kind of. Yeah. yeah. So it's much better to have something that adds to the story. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. Um we also I have been trying to avoid it like the plague, but oh, yeah. I could not.
2: Oh, the Joker trailer?
0: One the Joker trailer. And-
2: the lighthouse trailer. and
0: the lighthouse trailer oh it
2: looks buddy so good. oh my don't gosh don't go
0: losing your head like, ah! i oh my gosh I'm so, i want it so bad i want it so 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 bad
2: <laughs> oh my uh, gosh.
0: i want it so bad
2: yeah i saw both of the trailer for i saw the trailer for lighthouse before we went to go see scary stories Um really yeah that's an one. i Mary. mean it, w- it was the first one Uh, the first trailer i haven't seen the the newest trailer for i haven't
0: seen the newest trailer either
2: and then i saw the trailer for joker before it and like i didn't want to watch it but i wanted to watch it so bad oh my gosh they both look so good i
0: know like inject the lighthouse directly into my veins (laughs) and then like i could do like take a shot of joker as a chaser or something like that like (laughs) i think that joker looks good I don't think it looks incredible. If I'm being honest, I think
2: it's definitely going to be more of a performance,
0: which I'm thing, I'm which, ready for. Oh
2: yeah, like it, like Joaquin looks amazing. Absolutely, as a story, I'm not entirely sure.
0: Well, I guess that's the thing is, and maybe that's maybe that's maybe I like I always complain about trailers today that they give away the whole story, mm-hmm. but maybe like that's it's a trailer that's finally giving me what I want, which is not literally everything yeah like it gives me enough to be interested yeah and like i love joaquin so i'll go see him in anything but like i i am prepared for the joker to be pretty good Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be surprised if it's amazing yeah i'll put it that way yeah the lighthouse like i said like that's me finding a vein (laughs) like put that directly inside of me i want it so bad (laughs) holy crap I can't tell. I-, I was excited before, but after seeing that trailer, good freaking heavens! I want it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I just want to kiss Robert Pattinson. He's incredible. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we just watch Good Time again?
1: Someday. Oh
0: my <laughs> All right, folks. I think that's gonna do it.
1: Yeah. This is a long yeah, episode. This yeah. is long.
0: But we love you. We thank you. Um, again, uh, if you want to tell us how wrong we were about it or if you want to discuss uh, just how excited we are for the lighthouse, uh, feel free to email us, contact at wewatchpodcast.com or slide into the DMs, facebook.com slash wewatchpodcast or Instagram at wewatchpodcast. And if you're not even, even if you don't slide to the DMs, go follow us like we have way more listeners than we have followers on Facebook and Instagram. So just go follow us. We post updates about the show. Uh, We let you know when new episodes come out, and uh, Sid does an amazing job with our posts on social media. So, that's that. We love you. We thank you. Um, We're going to have a very special episode for you next week, so keep your eyes peeled for that, and we will see you then. Uh, My name is Andrew.
2: I'm Becca. I'm Sid.
0: And we'll talk to you later.
2: Bye. See ya.